sit down for a match of magic, open my hand. Let's assemble the combo with Chancellor Protection. See a bunch of mana sources and an evil demon. But a faithless looting is conspicuously absent. Got a mulligan. Shit. Shit. Fuck. Back to London. I'll bother keeping when I open up a turn one demon. Going down to six. Five. Four. Fuck. Three cards I'll keep. Then I'll say good luck, have fun, and then into my fatty. Reanimate Grizzle Brand. Uh huh. Reanimate Grizzle Brand. Uh huh. Reanimate Grizzle Brand. Uh huh. Yeah, I'm a grizzled brand. Uh-huh. Yeah, so cool, you did it. Pull this demon from the graveyard onto the board. It's the most interesting gameplay that could have happened, I'm sure. You didn't have a counter spell, so I will draw my whole deck. I'm so unlucky. Zero lotus petals, fuck statistics. Will I cast on mass? Uh, trash. Uh, children of Corliss keep on masturbating. Richard Garfield should have just won. Yeah, cast in tomb. Exhum. Archon of cruelty. Sacrifice a creature. Draw, discard, and drain. Yeah, for three, we and I make grizzle brand. Uh huh. 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 Yeah, like reanimator is a macro archetype. Hello and welcome to Eternal Dirtles. I'm your host Zach Clark, and with me as always, Phil Blackman. Phil, how's it going, man? Dude, it's going so good. Can you believe it? Sensei's Divining Top is coming back. <laughs> well, before we get too far into it, we should also announce our guest, Joe Dyer from MTG Goldfish. Hey, how's it going, guys? Friend of the cast. Yes. <laughs> it's been a while. Yeah, man. I was, this, uh, this is a perfect time to bring you back. Your super episode with Nate that I was on, I think the last time I was Oh, yeah. The, yeah. the 200th episode. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. That was a blast. That, man, we got to do more stuff like that. I want right? to do that game show episode we were talking about. That'd be so much fun. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get to be, sure. I, I mean, obviously I would just be the host of the game show. I'd be, <laughs> I'd be your Chuck Wool, Woolery. Right, who, right. Who, who wants to be a magician? And uh, <laughs> phone a friend. <laughs> Hollywood magicians. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. You get the Perfect. phone a friend, but like it's only who will answer you in a text message in 20 seconds. <laughs> you can great. phone, you can phone Richard Garfield. Yeah, it's oh. the only it's hard. Um, yeah, so this episode, I guess, this episode is in direct response to the uh, banner restricted announcement. Yep. <laughs> so the, I guess the, the lack thereof. I guess, yeah. I well, guess I mean, we should... there technically was a fan announcement for one format, or, yeah. or actually two formats, I should say. But I feel like that... we should read that uh, announcement, and I, of course, I did not pull it up. So <laughs> I, I also, I'm way ahead of you. Yeah, great. I, 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 I have a uh, a thought about uh, the the Pioneer ban, like so the announcement of the Pioneer bannings. Keep stalling for time. No, it's not even stalling. <laughs> it's, it's, it's legit. Go so for it. in the in the Pioneer ban, when uh, they banned uh, Winota and they banned Expressive Iteration, right? Uh, and then they said in their breakdown, effectively that Dig Through Time and Treasure Cruise, even though they're on the radar, that they feel as though without fetch lines in the format, that they are still reasonably powerful, uh, reasonable power level for the format. And that it gives Pioneer Blue Decks their own identity separate from other Eternal formats. Right. And that is as close to saying, we think these are what we consider pillars of the format as they're ever going to actually say. So the For same way that they, the same way that they've called that, that they've alluded to force of will and wasteland and brainstorm being pillars of legacy and Mish's workshop and bizarre Baghdad 
uh, being pillars of vintage. It sounds to me like the the busted delve spells are effectively now pillars of pioneer. But also what that suggests for the other eternal formats, all the people that have been talking about uh, expressive iteration being a potential ban target, if expressive iteration is outside of pioneer now, and then they want identities for the eternal formats to be different, that EI is safer in my mind now than it was ever before. I don't think that's true. I hate it. I don't, I don't think it's safer at all. I think it probably means that they're probably eyeing it for other formats too, especially since they called it out being a multi-format all-star. Yeah. I think it can be interpreted that way or that EI right, is now right. safe because it's different. They're obviously opposite ends of the spectrum, but at least there's like, it's not waffling in the middle now. Right, it's, either, right. un, it's either untouchable or it's got to go, right? Yeah. Right. So uh, I'm going to just read the legacy part of the ban, the ban announcement uh, and, and we can react to it. Uh, since the ban of Ragavan Nimble Pilfer in January, the win rate of Isit Delver has come down, and the deck now shows appropriate strengths and weaknesses against the other most played archetypes. Reanimator, Control, Resource Denial, Combo, and Aggro are all additional macro archetypes that are seeing success. We continue to keep an eye out for potentially unhealthy or unfun play patterns, but otherwise, Natural metagame forces currently look sufficient to handle any short-term shifts in deck popularity. Clap it up for me because I have a huge learning disability and reading that was a... <laughs> and that was like one sentence all the way through. There's like, what, two, th- three sentences? Yeah. yeah. Jeez, man. Watching the run sentences. Okay, we can talk about their, their assessment of what macro archetypes actually are in the format. The yes. idea that reanimators of macro archetypes is crazy to me. But... The, the one thing that I wish they would do is when they say things that don't have definitions, like everybody's going to interpret them wildly differently. Yeah. I really wish they would just go a little bit. So when they Macro say- archetypes. But even before that, when they say that there are sufficient tools, like what was the line? Can you read the line again right before then, right before macro archetypes, where they're like, we feel that there are sufficient tools or whatever? Yes. We'll continue to keep an eye out for potentially unhealthy or unfun play patterns, but otherwise- Natural metagame forces currently look sufficient to handle any short-term shifts in deck popularity. Is that what you're talking about? One before that? Oh. I didn't mention any anything about, about tools. Yes, it would be really nice if they went, we think that these are the tools that are sufficient for the format, and here's why, like that, we believe that's enough, even if not every color has access to whatever, whatever, whatever. Are you looking for the line where they said it's totally fine to play five to six red elemental blasts in every deck? <laughs> and we think that's healthy. They think I, that's I just a think, good idea. I think when they're looking at the tools that inform their decision and then they don't specify what those tools are, no, it means that ridiculous. the only conversation that we have are we can argue past each other because we don't actually, we're not talking about the same things because we don't know what those yes. things are. You know what I mean? Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My, my, okay. So I, I don't want to bury the lead here. My takeaway and really what this, this episode is about is it's it's time guys we need a legacy advisory committee like a board it needs to happen uh officially or unofficially i just feel like the it's it's ridiculous that we're still sitting here what six months late five months later and we're the format is still dominated by blue red delver in in such a way that like the only people who aren't playing blue red delver are just trying to have fun in the format (laughs) Like you're either trying to win or you're trying to have fun, right? Like 
there or are you're two... playing a deck that ranches blue red delverum specifically yeah, red exactly delver. yeah so like to me like that's not that's not fun magic the gathering is to like be like well i'm specifically either going to be play play to win or i'm going to play something that is my personal identity as a as a player or f this deck that that is not three pillars of a format to me that is that is an unbalanced format when you have to decide if you want to play something that's interesting or play something that wins right should we dish it to joe to talk about where the numbers actually let's talk are? about those numbers joe yeah so you're okay. the steve kornacki of, uh, <laughs> of our uh, of our legacy oh podcast. wow the steve kornacki of magic <laughs> no. What a wow. moniker. That's that's what wild. Wow, that's wild. Um, I mean, yeah, so things are still kind of at this point where we've got Delver sitting at a, as of the current um, spreadsheet and stuff like that, which was just updated this morning from last weekend. Uh, so this goes all the way back to 129-2022, which is the first event uh, we had past the banning of Ragavan. And we currently are up to about three, we're almost to 4,000 decks that have been recorded by this to this will probably hit that probably in the next few weeks uh because it's uh 3911 uh decks that we have hit across so that's pretty pretty reasonable sample size honestly we've we've got a pretty good uh sample base uh of data. i mean for legacy magic gathering it's about as good as you're gonna get right yeah yeah i mean it's 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 pretty good for from end of january till now so i think it's exceptional i think it's yeah. an exceptionally dense sample right size. Right. Uh, so uh, 20.5% of that is Blue Red Delver. So 802 decks is just all Blue Red Delver. One out of every five decks is Blue Red Delver. <laughs> so right now it has an estimated uh, win percentage without mirrors of 54.3%. Uh, and that is with a 20.5% metagame share and the entire format gunning for it. Yeah. Uh, that's that's what I, I think is the big takeaway. Now, Here's the thing about their statements, the thing to think about. When they make these statements, I went back and I looked at the Ragavan ban, and I was I realized rather quickly that they're talking about league data a lot of the time, which is data we don't have access to. Uh, and that's part of the big issue is they're talking about data we don't know. We don't have any anything to do with that because we can't see that data because it's all curated and all that stuff. So it's a black is, hole. Is that, is right. that, that is, is, should people, should more... Rather than everybody calling for bans, should we, even if they're reasonable, should we actually be calling for Watsi to just let us have league data? Because then we could actually understand where they're coming from when they say, hey, we think uh, that we, we think there are effective tools because they're looking at data that we can't see. So we have no idea if their assessment is reasonable or not. We just go, how are they, how are they not making moves? Right. Yeah. Because they're not transparent enough. So I think should, 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 should it be transparency think, more than calls? Should we be arguing for transparency over bans, or do you think that this data is sufficient to? I think I think they should be better transparent. I about th things. I mean, my answer. I mean, obviously, Joe, you're you're doing the legwork here. My answer would be both. That's fair. No, I mean, I I do agree that there should be changes. Don't get me wrong. You know? I I do agree that there should be changes. I think they should take Merc Tide and Expressive Iteration up back and shoot them. Uh, <laughs> and I'm on record saying that a lot. Yeah, like, I, I think I that's the general consensus. Is like I, I don't like Delve 
on things that are proactive cards and on um, threats and proactive spells. So I don't think that those are good. That's a good mechanic for that. I don't think anybody's arguing against cards like, you know, nobody's complaining about cards like Logic Knot, for example. Nobody's complaining about cards like Murderous Cut. I think Delve is fine on those kinds of cards. I don't think it's fine on a blue card that is ridiculously one of the best clocks the format has ever seen. Joe. Assuming they get rid of Murktai Regent, how do you feel about Bane of Progress? Or Bane of, Sa- sorry, Sailor's, Bane, Sailor's, Bane? Bane. Sailor's Bane. Well, that card has to be on Magic Online first. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Um, but, like, that's <laughs> technically Delve, right? Like, that's that's Delve. Sort plus. of, yeah. It, yeah, yeah. It's, it's better version of Delve as far as I'm concerned because, like, you're going to get that either way. And I disagree. I, dis- I, I disagree that it's better than Delve. It's not, like, specifically Sailor's Bane isn't soft to graveyard hate, but it doesn't care about fetch land. And that's right. huge. True, right. true, true, true. Right. Yeah. That's different. That's huge. Yeah. You're not different. wrong. You're not wrong. Yeah. And and that card can be blocked. That's, well, that, so that's the thing is, is, is this card a reasonable card to have in the format if we if we do get rid of Murktide? Uh, do you think that, I, that this is a I, reasonable answer? I would argue that Sailor's Bane is is totally reasonable because it doesn't care about fetch lands. The fact that fetch lands do not convert lo- as Lotus Petals after the, after you've used them to turn on your Deltas, the fact that you can bring down a Murktide or whatever as like a 5-5 five five because you fetched twice, wastelanded them once, and cast a Ponder and a Brainstorm versus if you have to, like to get Sailor's Bane for two mana, you actually have to cast seven spells yes. or or dump them off of like DRs. You have to work yeah, to put right. seven spells into the yard. Now, even if it's, it's even if it can get around graveyard, hey, sure. But like that is seven spells that need to go from some other zone into your graveyard or into exile. Right. So like force of will pitching a spell is two cards for a sailor's game. But like that's still work. Right. You can't just yeah, you yeah. can't just get fetch land. It's it, because Sailor's Bane doesn't work with fetch lands, it's fine. And Joe brings up a good point. It can be blocked infinitely. Like, you can just keep blocking it. And again, it has to also be on Magic Online first. <laughs> yeah. Well, thank you. We, I mean, we, we it, were talking, it, Joe and I it, were talking before the cast that there are so many cards from the new set that aren't even on Magic Online yet. And it's like, what are you guys doing? And it cur- that is currently one of them. So, yeah. yeah fun times. Uh, Joe, but, I mean, Joe, question for yeah. you, Joe. Yeah, with yeah. Blue Endeavor at 20.5, I'm looking at the data sheet here that the second most played archetype is Jeskai Control. Jeskai Control, yes. I assume, is like is is pretty much like War of the Spark Planeswalker Control with a Days Undoing somewhere in the deck. Yeah, basically. More yeah. or less. Okay. Yeah. So, although although that does encompass pretty much all of the Jeskai Control decks. Uh, so, yeah, yeah, but it's like, it's pretty much like it's pretty much super friends, right? Right. Well, yes, but like a lot of the newer builds of that deck have been trending more towards Mentor. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, like that. Say like the Ozymandia seventeen, the Matt book lists that are kind of playing with they're playing like uh mentor and like snapcaster mage and they're playing you know teferi and they're not playing days undoing they're not playing any of that stuff they're just playing white white base removal blue base spells uh sideboard cards for red that are like just blasts for sideboard and stuff like that so oh, so, so like just got good cards yeah just got good cards yeah basically is what it boils down to yeah, so that's expre- an iteration. Yeah. He's been playing uh like Fire and Ice, even like oh, okay. Yeah, like it's like stuff like that. Uh Wandering Emperor. He just won the one of the challenges this past weekend, actually. Yeah. Uh Vuk did with uh this list, and it's dress down and like expressive iteration and plow and prismatic ending and wandering emperor and boatloads of removal. Basically, yeah. that's what it boils down to. And that's yeah. what lets those decks kind of stay on par with Delver, is that they have tons of removal. What yeah, are it's the, lot, it's, the current top decks, right? Like you've got you got Blue Red Delver and then Jeskai, Jeskai and then what like eight cast. cast? 
The only other five percent green white uh, depths. Taxes at five five four. Green white depths. Green white depths. Yeah, I think I think green white depths is one of the better decks of the format. Actually. Then reanimator is like four point yeah. two because it, because a... because depths specific. Elf. Okay, so depths does have require some real understanding to play the deck well. But the thing about the deck is, is it ranches Delver pretty well. Yeah, uh, because I mean, they're yeah, now, because they're sense. now splashing red for sideboard cards. Why not? <laughs> and could they have the ability because they play Mox Diamond? And that's the thing. Mox Diamond decks traditionally do a pretty good job of dealing with Delver in general. And that's why it's a pretty- now I'm not a I'm not a green white depths aficionado, but do you think part of that problem might be the fact that uh so much of the format is blue red delver that blue red delver is skewing sideboard cards that would normally be good against a deck like that like submerge more red elemental blasts yeah i mean that's the thing like you have to wonder you know about the sideboard cards yeah i mean they are definitely still playing stuff like submerge and stuff like that i've seen most recently decks playing it again because depth stacks are back on the rise yeah uh green has kind of dropped as the control color again so we're starting to see less of the euro piles so people are not playing cards like fail summer anymore so we had a big weekend where mono black depths of all things like ranched a couple challenges here or there and just did really well because or bargain it you can't submerge their merit ledge if they're just playing swamps true true so like it's pretty strong so but that's why you're starting to see cards like price of progress show back up again in the delver sideboards uh that those are the kind of cards that are coming in again because things like green white depths lands lands is really good right now um eight mulch the eight mulch deck is really good against delver yeah uh, it's like it's one of its best matchups like it's so good against delver but it struggles against some of the other control piles like the just kind control decks that are playing cards like ruination and <laughs> those kinds of back to basics or stuff like that like uh mono red prison is back red stompy decks are kind of back because a lot of the prismatic ending has fallen out of the format a little bit less because only decks that are playing it are like Jeskai. And, and they're playing so many different colors or sorry, so many different uh, casting costs that a chalice on one doesn't even matter that much to them. Right, right. And so it's it may, that deck is not so good against the, the Jeskai decks, but it's really good against Delver. So, and they just got a couple new tools from the past couple sets, uh, cards like Fable, the Mirror Breaker, and Unlicensed Hearse. Especially Unlicensed Hearse is especially really good against Delver because you're able to knock them off Delirium. You're able to knock off them off Delve for that's uh, wild. That, that 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 was a card that we looked at and we're like that that seems pretty good, but like it's it's kind of become sort of a format powerhouse. It's really good. Yeah, the card yeah. is actually super amazing. I've even seen some Delver decks play it because I, the fact that you can cast it off an ancient tomb on one. If unlicensed Hearse was spoiled as a one drop. We would have been over the moon. Oh, yeah. Right. right. We, yeah, would, yeah, we yeah. would have been getting that with our Urza sagas. Let's be so for I, real. Oh. <laughs> I, 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 <laughs> I have a quick oh. question on where, uh, Joe, after looking through all the data that you've gone through, if I can recall correctly, when Top Miracles, my heart, was the best deck and it got and Top got banned at that point, it was around 13% 
of the field. Mm -hmm. And then when Deathrite Shaman got banned, it was approximately the same, like four color control or, and, or Grixis Delver was also around, was it around 20% like Blue Eyed Delver is now? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. If I recall I, correctly. I'm, I'm just curious, what do you guys think is the threshold for a deck being, a, a deck's density in a format being too high? So here it's 20.5%, which is obviously high. Right. It feels high, at least compared to the other decks. Right. But like, if just guys at 8.5%, does that mean that the threshold is somewhere at like, once you peak over 12%, is that too much? Or is that like, where's the, where's the line where you're like, we should take a look at this. I think 20.5% is pretty high. Personally, twenty five. Uh, yeah, I'm saying yeah, what's the, like, what's 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 the line where you're like, like if 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 the baseline is okay, twelve percent is probably where you, uh, a deck should cap if that format is reasonably healthy. And yeah, I, I think twelve percent is a reasonable number. Yeah, I think that's a reasonable number because that that just gives a sense of because uh, I'm looking at twenty point five percent. I go, okay, yeah, this is high, but is it more or less the same that Delver has been forever? Or right, is being over whatever we deem to be the whatever we collectively believe the threshold is well, for a deck's density being too high. I think eight percent over the threshold is very steep i think phil the thing is is it's a combined number it's not just the the percentage you played it's the percentage winning too and when you combine those two numbers if it's if it's over x percentage it, you know like if there well, was a deck that only like it, this is going to be a bad analogy but if there's a deck that like not many people were playing but was winning 100 percent of the time eventually someone's going to get to a point where everyone's playing that deck right okay right. so, so i, I want to know hypothetically if the if blue delver was 20.5 percent of the field like it is now but its win rate was 44 percent is anybody calling for ban no, why would you? No. Well, because I'm I'm asking because one of the one of the premier factors that they've used for uh, bands previously has been uh, diversity of the format. Right, 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 right. So if 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 I mean we're in a position where this is fairly easy because a deck is being played at an absurd percentage and is winning at a, at a, a really high clip, but is. I, I, I'm trying to think of like I'm trying to articulate what my question is here. But if the if a dex if dex percentage is really high, do we care that it's percent of the meta game, or do we care more about win percentage? I think you can't take any single number into account in that scenario. I think you have to take the whole picture. Yeah. Because the problem there is when you fight, when you dial in on one single number, you you tend to tunnel vision on that and you tend to not see other things that are occurring and that's what people anybody that is saying well delver only has a 54 percent or 53 54 percent meta win rate like that doesn't seem that good like it seems average you know and uh you know it's not the 55 56 percent win rates that they have cited in the past of being problematic so people are like well it's fine because it's only 53 or 54 percent you know win rate well what you also tend to forget too is that as you add more players to a deck the more players you have on a deck in that regards uh the lower your win rate is going to go to normalize to 50 percent towards 50 percent because eventually you get to a point where if that's the only thing that's played your win rate is 50 percent because yeah. you because one deck has to win one player exactly one player has to lose yes. so you have yeah, to think about that too there's a there's a bit of uh what's the word i'm looking for? cannibalism that's happening right there. right and, and not only that you also have to consider too that we're not able to really truly account for skill and you can't do that because it's biasing the data at that point. But if you think about how Delver plays and how people recommend Delver, Delver's recommended a lot to newer players in the format and because it is a deck that traditionally teaches you how to do things in legacy, the format. It Not to mention it's financially like a stable move to make into the format. Correct, correct. You're like, it's a deck that teaches you how to cast Force of Will. It's a deck that teaches you how to cast Brainstorm, Ponder, all that, all those cards that are kind of important cards in the format. 
and it teaches you how to play those cards. So people pick that up. But Delver has a pretty high skill floor. It takes a, pr- a long while to get really good with Delver. And when you're really good with Delver, you get to see those people that are really good with Delver do really well. Your your Daniel Gochols and your Rich Callies and you know those players that are just so good at the deck that they can step into a tournament and just go get there. You know, uh, I'm reminded of the fact that you know I'm friends with uh, Brian Koval and he comes and plays at these Buffalo Chicken Dip events that uh, my buddy Rob Wilson runs and. Uh, he came to the last one and he was just like, I can't do it anymore. I, like, I can't play this band deck anymore, this dark band deck anymore. I got to play something else. He goes, I'm going to play the best deck in the format, what's perceived as the best deck in the format. And he makes top eight. And that's just it. Like, there are players that can just do that. Right. You're a good player with good <laughs> fundamentals. Delver's yeah. a great deck for that. And so, but it's hard to account for that in data. And that's, that's problematic. Like you can't account for that because you're, then you're introducing bias into the whole thing. And that doesn't help your, your thing. So you do have to take the win rates. Like, and you have to look at it and go, okay, well, obviously there's a little bit of skew here. And that's why we have in this sheet, you can see there, there's also like, we have like the Wilson, like the confidence intervals and all that stuff introduced in there. We also have like the min and max of what it could possibly be where that range sits or whatnot. And right now, Delver's the only one in this list of all these decks that we've recorded that has a minimum of over 50%. It's 51.77% is its low. So it's good. (laughs) It's probably too good. Like that's the problem. But we don't know exactly what data they're looking at, whether they're looking at this data or they're looking at strictly league data. And that's kind of like the disconnect, I think, like from what Wizard says... I would guess that based on what I, I think the telling line here that their data is extremely different from the data that we're looking at is what they classified as macro archetypes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because oh, I agree. Them putting reanimator as a macro archetype, and then I'm looking at the list here, and it's 4.2%. That's on the higher end of of all of the deck lists, but it's not in the top five. Right. So right, right, I, right. I, I, I think there is a discrepancy there and there's like, there isn't really a way for us to know, but like, that's the telling line to me is what they've put as other uh, architects. Cause they didn't put graveyard based decks. They put no, they reanimator. reanimator. Yeah. Yeah. The reanimator has had its pop-ups here or there in the past couple months for a while there. Like it was popping up in the challenges for like no reason at all. And it was just like, oh, okay, well, reanimator's back for like a little bit. And then people started kind of respecting it and then it went away again. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. It, it's, it's weird. Yeah. That, that part is strange to consider. Like, uh, and of course, like you do have like, you know, sneak and show is still in there, but like, I don't see a lot of sneak and show either. Like, you know, very recently. That, that it's, it's wild because that was a deck. That's a deck we're not seeing almost at all anymore. Right. right. What's, what's the percentage of that even like 0.9%, but that's also the, the format right now is a six red blast format. Yeah. Right. But that's yes. what I'm saying. Like you, you see a format, like uh, a deck like that at 2.9% when it was, it was probably in, in the like high sixes at, at one point. Right. Which right. is, a, which is a lot. Uh, if you compare that to like what else is at right now, which is like 4%, right. you know, and, and like, I'm, Look, I run into elves more than anybody else because I play Rug Delver. But like, you see elves like every every local you go to, you see elves maybe like one in every twelve matches at best. 
you know? Right. Uh, I, I, I think I think elves, if elves had any crossover cards, like if to be an elves player, well, you yeah, have to, to, four, to four guys cradle. I, I, I think elves is one of those decks where it's way better than the number of people that play it. Like the yeah. percentage that, el- like in, in terms of how well elves does in really competitive tournaments, 4.3% and a 50% win rate feels extremely low to me given its results at the top tables. Right. But, but it's all, it's also one of those, those decks where it's like to play it in paper, at least it's, Way more expensive with zero crossover, and it's and it's a and it's a pretty difficult deck to learn, and it's difficult. Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, I I play I played else for an event, and I I learned really hard uh, what how hard that deck is to play. Like it's it's really difficult. It's a testament to that ten year old girl that wrecks shop with it every time. Yeah, I know, right? Dressed right? as Nissa. Right. 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 <laughs> yeah. Shout out to Dana That's, like, yeah. That's awesome. When you're a true planeswalker, you know, yeah, everything, man. everything's yeah. everything comes easy. And, and there so, are some really strong, like the thing is we see elves make top eights on the, the like the legacy challenges on Magic Online quite a bit because there are quite a few very strong elves players on Magic Online. Namely, obviously uh Newton Hang is like the godfather of the elves cabal at this point. Uh and like Testacular and Aaron Relentless, George Heinrich. Uh he's also like a really super good elves player. Uh Runcore is also a really good elves player. Conversely, uh it, at least let me see here at least Julian all exists. three at least three <laughs> of those people those last three people I made are part of the data collection effort. Yeah. So <laughs> like yeah. shout out to those guys because those guys really put in the work. Well, that's, uh, yeah, I mean, that, that's, that's a good point that you're making right there actually is that, so if we had this advisory committee, that's like the kind of people that we want on the committee, the people who are actually uh, looking at, at this data and willing to uh, willing to work with it, right? Right. Yeah. 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 And so sure. they're not necessarily the the um, the Zach Clarks and Phil Blackmans of the of the uh, legacy community, as as well known as we are. Uh, <laughs> but you know, they're they're sort of the the people working behind the scenes doing doing the like what I would consider God's work. Yeah, uh, it's it's very show, tedious. Let show. me tell you. Let me tell you. It's very uh, you know, tedious. <laughs> and I think that's that's sort of the the reason why uh, we don't have a committee like that. Like if right. you look at the Popper committee. Like if someone told me popper committee, who would you choose? Alex Ullman is like, duh. Like right, right, all right, he is yeah. is like I've ever I, I met that guy playing in a limited event, but right. like everything about that guy after that is is about popper, right? right. Like yeah, that, yeah. If that you, guy if you... exudes popper, all he does is popper. And I don't yeah. think that the people we want for the advisory committee are on that level of of putting themselves out there for for legacy. Yeah. Uh, as far as names are concerned i think like if i had to really think about it um i think some of the really good people that i think could be on it would be people like uh like mount vook uh ozymandias uh because uh i I don't know if you guys uh notice that he does these monthly like tier lists and stuff like that uh, based on the data we collect and he does all these other different things with that and put some stuff out there and his thoughts and stuff like that. And so he's kind of doing that already in a sense. And so I think he would be a good fit for it. Also, I think like guys like Rob Wilson, uh, Buffalo Chicken Dip Legacy guy, I think he would be fantastic for it as well. I, I love Rob to death. Like he's a super good friend of mine. So I don't know I, how I, many people they have on the Popper community board. Like I, I they have a lot of, and they would, they would need people that were, would like, be across yeah, one from uh, each continent yeah they would have to have people from each continent well, that's good. so that's um, all it is, is seven people or i guess six people there's no one from antarctica playing y- yes i think that's yeah only six people that or seems so. 
low for what I think would be the correct amount for kind of a symposium for legacy. I, I feel um, like I, I just want to quick, quick interjection. The, the the longer that we've been talking about the the data set and we've been talking about like uh, in action in the form and all that, should should everybody just be way louder about how it's horseshit that they can they can steal yes, data? Yeah, yes. feel, no, I agree that, with feel, that. Doesn't that just feel yes. fucking dumb? Yeah, no, I agree with that. There's that's like there, the, there needs to be far more transparency. That's like, like the U.S. election system being like, this is the president. We're not telling you how that happened. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, I know. <laughs> I, I I agree with that. No, I, just, I I do think that there should be a lot more transparency in their data, I especially for these formats. I understand well, yeah, why like for, for standard. I understand because. I understand why to they sell a yeah, product, right? Why they know? curate data for newer formats, but for legacy and even to a greater extent, vintage, there should be far greater uh, amounts of data available. Now, shout out to the guys over Justin Gennari and his team over on the vintage side. They're doing the exact same work we're doing with the legacy project week to week, every week, and killing it. And yeah, so I'm I'm just really curious if like I I didn't we went from data was just a available the data was not available because they didn't want formats to be solved this quickly that actually work do we know no. if the concealing of data no. actually not get help nothing happen formats nothing not get solved this happening. quickly no honestly i think if anything it it gives these older formats the illusion that they're solved uh and the reason i say that is because i still believe even in 2022 even the era fire design there are still tiny little holes in legacy as a format where there are things that can happen and decks that can appear that are not thought of until somebody thinks of them and tries it and tries it and tries it and tunes and iterates and tunes and iterates. And I've seen a lot of that over this past year. Just the creation of 8Mulch in general as a deck shows that there's still ways to approach archetypes in a fashion that allows you to attack the format if you're thinking in context of the format. And it shows that there are still holes in the format that let you do that. So the format isn't totally solved, that there's still ways to attack the format. There's a guy in Europe uh, who is one of the premier players on the the Thassa's Oracle uh, Thoughtlash Paradigm Shift deck. Uh, and he literally just won the Four Seasons event. This back with that deck because he has spent so much time four seasons iterating, landscaping, iterating, iterating, <laughs> iterating, trying different things, doing this, doing that, and finding ways to make this deck work in a format. So I I don't I think I think what your answer to your question is it it didn't work, but at the same time the format's not solved still yet either yet. I think there, there's still things in the format that can happen. So a continuation on that then is would that mean that if we had access to all the data that they have been that they withhold that by withholding the data they're actually staling a format faster like Could, is it yeah. is, is it counter is it doing the exact opposite of what they want because if if you I think you're giving the them data, too much credit and, Phil I think you're well, giving no, them I'm, way I'm, too hold much on, hold on hold on I'm 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 saying that like an example of what what, what Joe just said about people are trying things but you're only seeing select number of five O's uh, released every so often the decks right. that could attack those formats that aren't 5-0-ing because they're not as refined. They're not as well-tuned. You're not seeing those ideas. Somebody's not seeing an idea and going, oh, that's really interesting. I should try that and also iterate on it. Right. And then try, and then, and then the format would, that, theoretically, if that's, if that churn happens, then the format would shift a lot, fa- a lot faster, a lot more. And it right. would, at that point, it wouldn't feel stale. Is right. what I'm getting at. Yes. So like, is the, no, is, I agree. Is the withholding, uh, uh, yeah, is the withholding of data actually doing the opposite of what they want it to do? No, I, I think you're right. I think I do agree with that. I think if we had more data, I think we would be able to make more informed decisions. And I think you would see, okay, well, hmm, 
this person's playing this and we're getting this, this, they're getting these results off of this deck. If that person is not vocal about it already on Twitter or, you know, wherever they post about it, you know, I think that's part of the problem. One person also can only do so much. Yeah. So, you know, the hive mind does a lot more. And if you have a group of people working on something, if it's a reasonable idea, then, you know, you're going to get traction with it, but that's the problem is getting traction with it. And yeah, it's just, I think, I think you're right. I think if they had more data available and they were more transparent with that, I think we could see things that, okay, these are what, this is what needs to be attacked in the format. How do we, somebody's going to go, okay, how do I figure something out that attacks that? Here's, here's my issue is that they're curating this in, in, in some way, right? Like there's right. somebody who's like, here we go. Here's what we're doing. The person that's curating this has no idea what they're doing either. Like, I, right. I don't think yeah. that they're doing it in a way that's like logical. I think that they're just like, it's my week to do this. I pick this this one and that one and that one. These seem to have different decks in them. I'm throwing them out there. They're not like doing it in a way that's like smart or like malicious, you know, right. they're doing it in a way that's like lazy, you know. Right. I think that I think that that's the bigger issue is that like the data we're getting isn't we can't get any information from that data based on what they're choosing. I just literally think it's somebody who's like, this is my job this week. Right. Roll a die. I'll take these two. And, you know, and, I don't and, even care. And here's the other thing: like, you don't know how many five O's uh, a deck specialist posts anyway because only one deck list gets posted yeah so that's the other thing to think about like phil said if we had more data okay so you would see okay this guy who plays thought lash you know uh the thought lash combo deck if say he gets six trophies in the span of a week or whatnot that's one deck that's going to get published well if you had all access to all that data you could see oh this guy gets uh you know he's got six trophies this week on this deck maybe that's worth looking into yeah. Like, that's the thing. Like, that's what you have to think about. Like, and uh, yeah, it's, uh, so yeah, I mean, there's things like that. Like, there's a guy who plays Aluren consistently on Magic Online, Charbel. Uh, you know, just, you know, how many trophies does Charbel get in a week with Aluren? Is Aluren actually really good? Like, you know, against, you know, the format. We don't know that because not much data gets posted there. The problem with challenges, and this, this feeds back into challenges, what people play in leagues is not necessarily what people play in challenges. Because the league data is so com- incomplete and so curated, people tend to skew their thoughts towards the larger competitive events, and you don't see as much of the decks that may be good, that may be putting up greater results, because people don't see them as competitive enough because they don't see those results. Yeah, I, I keep thinking that the the biggest variable as to to between asking for a, a legacy panel and calling for bans is that because the community and Watsi are not looking at equivalent data sets, we're looking at different data sets. Right. We're going to make different decisions based on those data sets. And so we're just looking at, we are functionally looking at different formats or effectively looking at different formats. Right. And it's hard. Like we try to do what we best we can to provide enough, enough data, but there's always going to be that big hole because of leaks. Yeah. Oh, you guys, you guys are, you guys are doing incredible work. I'm saying that like even with your like you guys are doing incredible work they're not looking at your work they're looking at the mountains of league data that they have access to because right. it's watsy and so right. when when we're looking we're like we're analyzing the format based on the super in-depth data that you've collected and they're looking at their own data which is just all of it right and like what you're able to collect is a different format than what they see right now granted for me and my point of view is that you know, I've had this discussion with people and there are some that say, well, why do you bother collecting the data at all? And I, to that, I say, we, I would rather be more informed than less less informed and just having something to show you 
some trends, maybe what you can predict or something like that is helpful. So I, I, I think it's still going to be helpful, but I do believe that there is that big hole there of leaked data that we don't see because uh, we are getting all the challenge data at least. So, yeah. uh, and, but that's the thing, like that is in, that is at a large competitive level. And when I say large, there is, you know, that fact that we're only getting events that are 60 to 80, you know, around, around there, uh, like last weekend was 60 for Saturday, 82 for Saturday, Sunday. Like, you and, know, and those are, those are, those are players that are playing every week. It's right. A lot, of, a lot of them are. Yeah. yeah. A yeah. lot of them are. It, yeah. So it, it's a, it's a very small percentage of people who play legacy because there's a lot of players that a lot of legacy players that just aren't playing on Moto. Right. And it, it's the same way for like formats like vintage as well. Like yeah. that's they, they have the same issues yeah. and stuff like that. A lot of the players that show up are just repeat players who are so good at predicting the metagame week to week because, you know, uh, and that's, that's where like you get these, you know, you get players like Matt Hook who are like really good at predicting the metagame because they're also helping. they also have access to the data. They can see the data. Everybody has access to the data and they can see the data. It's just, they're better, a little bit better at analyzing it, understanding it and using well, yeah, it to, especially to inform week, with it week to week. If you see that, uh, a trend happens where like, you know, seven weeks ago you saw uh X deck get really good. And then like the week after the deck that beat that got really good. And then right. the week after the deck that beat that got really good. Right. You could jump ahead six weeks and be like, well, if these are the things that happen every time this deck gets good and the deck that got played the most the next week was a deck in response to that if I'm able to beat that deck, you know, I'll, I should play this, but I should also be beating the deck that people are, have played two weeks ago. You know, right, like that, right. I think that's that's one of the really cool things about like dealing with that data is that you get to see a much broader scope of what happens as opposed to like, you know, whenever I look at it, I'm just looking at like what's, what's happening this week. Right. You know? I think right now, even though we're all still kind of raw on blue red delver and stuff like that i think there is still places in the format where you can have fun and still have a reasonably good time with the format uh and i still think there's plenty of decks that you can play that are like not blue red delver that are reasonable decks that are fun i i will also say too that um we mentioned the blast uh the whole blast thing and sideboard stuff uh, obviously like legacy is a predominantly blue format pyroblast and friends are always going to be good cards in the format that's never going to change uh because it's one of the most efficient ways of dealing with blue cards uh is by and friends did you mean burnout <laughs> what's that <laughs> by and uh, friends did you mean burnout Sure. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> however, I will say that uh, it's not just strictly Blue Red Delver that's uh, pushing that. Uh, I would say Acast is also kind of pushing that pretty heavily. Yeah. Fire Blast is the most efficient answer to Kappa Cannon Kappa. here. Yeah. And I think that's a big pushing point too for that. Uh, but that's why you're also seeing like depths and stuff like that pop up because depths and those decks are pretty good against eight cast as well. Uh, eight mulch has a pretty reasonable eight, uh, eight cast matchup if you build the deck right. Uh, and so, and, I, and those decks adapting by adopting like uh, Tower of the Magistrate to get around Psy and things. Yeah. Like that. yeah. I played, I played Ant Mulch at the last uh, Buffalo Chicken Dip event, and uh, two of my wins were, were I, I went 4-2 with that deck at that event, and uh, two of the wins were against, I played against Blue Red Dover once, and I played against Acast once, and I beat both of them because my deck was literally tuned to just be like, all right, I'm playing against these, I'm expecting to play against these two decks at this event. 
This is how I built my deck. <laughs> before, Fun fact. Before, Fun we fact. On, before we go on, I want to real quick bring up our sponsor, uh, Moxfield.com. Uh, Joe, have you ever used Moxfield.com? I do not use Moxfield. I'm sorry. Yeah, <laughs> I, have a, I, have, I have a confirmation bias, I must admit. That's fair. <laughs> so this is a great time. This is a great time to, to check it out if you, if you get a chance. Uh, so uh, Moxville.com is a really great uh, deck building website uh, that is, it's great on a PC. It's great on your Mac. It's great on uh, your phone. You don't need to get an app or anything like that. Uh, it's made by my friends, Harry and John. And uh, yeah, it's just a really great place to share your legacy decks and your, uh, and your commander decks. Fun times. Cool. I, I, so so I, I, I want to ask if you think it's reasonable that the call to action for the community should shift from calling for like i think if we get more bands right like let's say murktide is banned do we think delver is actually going to not be as played as the most deck and the best deck in the format i i, I think it's just going to be the same the same it's been since innistrad was released sure. delver has been the best deck it's, it's sure. going to remain the best deck that's just like until they hit part of the shell the threats will be replaced more powerful stuff's going to come into the format delver is always going to be the most efficient thing to be doing but I think the call to action should be less on we need to ban these cards so that the next power level of cards that, you know, under expressive or under Merktide get to just get shoved into the deck that we call for them for Watsi to uh, really to be more transparent with the data. Just let us yeah, have it. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Let us have the data. I think yeah. like if we can focus on getting Watsi to do that, because until, unless they can actually tell us what they're gaining from concealing it, because if it's to keep the format from being stale, they just banned Ragavan. The format didn't change. Yeah, Before, you much. know, like it, it, it seems like that the the banning bannings and ban hammers are not actually changing the format in the way that feels constructive for the format. And I feel like there's this weird looming thing over the format of just not giving us the data. And I feel like if we as a community push for Watsi to just be more transparent about that, we can make more informed decisions about what needs to go, if, I agree. if anything needs yeah. to go. And I think that that would be a more effective use of outreach to Watsi than being like, please get rid of the dragon or whatever. Right, you know? right. I also think, I'm, I'm also kind of of the mind that I don't mind the overly mind the tempo shell being like a, a good deck in the format per se, but I preferred Delver when it had to be in three colors. Yes. Uh, I, yeah. I, yeah. I, I think when Delver has to be... have to be blue and red. Right. Well, <laughs> I mean, obviously blue, red. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Oh, yeah. Obviously, yeah. Because, yeah. You, you could play Soul have, like, Tide Delver back in the day. Yeah. You, know? yeah. you can play Bug. Yeah. I think I think that when Delver has to be in those colors, in, into, into a third color of some sort, I feel better about its existence. Uh, now, the obvious exception to that is the Oko era, because Oko itself was just so stupid busted. But, uh, or Ren at Six era, because Ren at Six era was also like super busted. I loved Ren at Six era, uh, but I understand. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, but I, I do... I, I like Cast and wasteland every turn i do like the deck <laughs> the deck from the standpoint of i like it from the standpoint that it's a deck that exists that is good in the format and it teaches good fundamentals of the format because i think it does do that i think it does teach you good fundamentals of the format also uh, it like that concept doesn't really exist like it tries to exist in other formats but this is the most the the most like uh pure version of a tempo deck mm -hmm. in, in the game like the, this is like you can't get this in vintage because you don't have four brainstorms you don't have four ponders right? right you can't get this in in modern because it's the, all the cantrips are kind of meh right. uh, and and so this is the one place where you really do get like a feel for what a real tempo deck should look like between days and force of will and look days and days has its problems i'll be willing yeah, for yeah, people to yeah, admit yeah, yeah. but 
showing that like protect the queen, like play the queen, protect the queen strategy, and then just ride it out and make every turn a time walk for your opponent is like no other no other format does that like legacy does that. And right. I hate I'd hate to see it go completely. But right. yeah, I, I agree. So I, I think that the there, there's one aspect of Delver that I've thought about recently in how we discuss it as the best deck. It has been uniquely the best deck for the format for so many years. Yes. That it is- Once a cast, it, it, gets to say this. <laughs> it, well, no, it's, it's, it's different in that it's, it's meta, like, I, I would love, I, I wish we had, uh, I had thought about this sooner to bring up, like to look at uh, just like the history of Delver and its metagame percentage since like, you know, Canadian Thresh existed because I would be surprised if it ever dipped below 13%. Something that's unique about Delver too is that whatever the best version of Delver is also dictates what's good, what other decks are good in the format. So for example, when Red and Six Delver was the best deck, it was the like the most played deck or like the top Delver deck, the actual best deck in the format was Storm. Right. Because it didn't care about Red and Six. Right. And, when, and yeah. secondarily, what the, the deck after that was just uh Astrolabe. So when when yeah when um Ren and Six not when uh Ragavan was in the format, so like when Ragavan Delver was the best deck, I, I think that the I would argue that the best deck in that format was actually D. Tea, yes. They didn't give a fuck about Ragavan. Yeah, right. No. Well, and so, also that deck also is like mono source of plowshares. Totally. But I'm saying that like the, the I'm saying that they whatever like the best version of Delver dictates what other decks are good in the format. And right. I, I don't know how to like calibrate when we think about uh, cards to ban. We're just like looking at whatever like the premier threat in that in, in like banning Delvers. But when you ban Delver for the most part, like any banning out of Delver fundamentally shifts the format entirely as to like right. win, win percentage across the rest of the field right and no no other no other format has a deck like that right there's no deck in modern that if you if you take one card out of it all of a sudden every other deck's percentages change right splinter twin meaningfully you know <laughs> meaningfully meaningfully yeah i know yeah, yeah. i i think i think to the to that point i think the current deck that you're thinking about uh that would be the deck right now that it sits in that position is eight cast i think that's the deck that sits as the the true like beats up on delver best deck of the format to the point where you can see looking at their, you know, their sideboards, how many cards they're playing that that try to hit, you know, eight cast from blast effects to meltdown, surgical extraction. And vice versa, eight cast doesn't play that many sideboard cards against Delver. No, because it doesn't need it just to. It doesn't need to. It's just it doesn't need a to. powerhouse against Delver. Yeah. It, play, it plays four chalices, which are already gonna be like yep. super good against Delver. Uh, and it plays all these cards like you know, Emery and Psy and Kappa Cannoneer, which laughs at your meltdown <laughs> and you know so yeah it's and it plays you know force of wills and you know metallic rebukes and you know force negations out of the sideboard and just it plays all these cards it doesn't care about your your merc tide regent because it's also yeah urza saga construct plus shadow spear is also lights out yes yeah. oh yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> unfortunately yeah that's that's as, rough yeah. as a person who plays this deck this deck is bonkers like if you don't yes, own it, it is. and you can afford to get it just get the deck like it's so good it's just it's just like it's insane how good this deck is uh and i i like play like this is this is exactly what i'm talking about i like playing the death shadow deck but like if i want to win i'm gonna play eight cast i, I, I feel to... that way about land about eight mulch lands because uh i think that deck is also secretly like super absurd <laughs> like, I, I just want to quickly uh hop back to uh joe you're you talking about uh delver existing in three colors and I, I want to talk about that real quick because I, I I'm think I was trying to think what if tomorrow 
that got rid of Merktide and Expressive, would Delver have to go back to a third color? I think so. And I, yeah, I, I don't I mean, think, I don't would think be, they would. There would be like, is it Delver was a deck before any? It was. I don't think it, it stopped yeah. being a deck. Yeah. I don't think it stopped being a deck. But I don't think it ends up being the best version of the deck. Yeah. So is it Delver? Uh, is it Delver or Blue Red Delver before when it was playing like Swift Spear and stuff was just a variant of Burn more yeah, than it was, it was a variant of Delver. Right. Right. Like Whereas, Treasure Cruise Burn. Was, was right. basically but, just Delver, right? But if, if you got rid of the dragon and expressive tomorrow, the first place that I would go is, okay, I'm going to pick up Ledger Shredder and Predict. Yeah, and Predict, pre and predict is already seeing a measure of play in, in certain right. areas. Um, there's um, uh, the one, uh, one of the Zoomers, uh, Bullwinkle, Isaac Bullwinkle, has been playing variants of Delver that are basically Delverless Delver. They don't play any Delvers whatsoever. I mean, that playing... was the case when Ragavan was the thing. Right. People were just like, "Why do we need this card in the right. deck? It's not good." Now, now it's like to this... now it's like four DRC, two Brazen Bar for Murktide, and they're playing four Expressive and two Predict. And yeah. you're and just you, like, and you, and you, and yeah, you I agree. Have... I agree. Predict is good. I think Predict is really good with with Dragon's Rise Channeler, and it's pretty good with Ledger Shredder. Um, I mean, my my. my uh, that was a, a longer point to say that. I think that there are, there are, as the game, as more and more playable cards get printed, further and further away do we get from needing to dip into a third color because there are powerful enough threats within their colors of, of just blue-red and card advantage Possibly, cards yeah. within just blue-red. Yeah. Before, when your best threat was, your your third best threat was Goy. So you're like, okay, well, I need to play at least 14 threats in my deck or whatever. So I have to reach into a third color because... I don't have any other good ones in blue or red. Whereas nowadays, I feel like there, there are plenty because beyond Letter Shredder, you still have Ethereal Forger in the lineup. Like you right. talked about, there's the potential for Sailor's Bane. People, there's some number of Brazen Borrower to be played. I, I, I hey man, Death Shadow is a Delver deck. I, I think, um, <laughs> I think I'm more okay with those other some of those other threats though like i'm more okay with ledger shredder uh and i'm more okay with uh ethereal forger and the only reason i'm okay with ethereal forger is that once you dealt with it if they deal with it your value is just lost like and i i that card is so fragile uh to an extent like it just die, it dies to a bolt it dies to you know plow uh yeah you're not going to hit it with prismatic ending you're not going to hit it with um like fatal push or something like that but dying to like blast bolt and plow is pretty good oh uh, yeah uh, I, I i i agree with everything that you're saying i, I was making the point that yeah I, no I, I i agree and i it would take a long time to get it would take a while they would have to print something in another color that would be really really strong enough that would push it to that other color yeah you know? I, I'm saying that I, I think that Delver is is strong enough now, even in like even if they get rid of Expressive and Dragon, that it would still be powerful enough in blue red, and they would have the luxury to go into a third color when the next busted thing is printed outside right. of blue red. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You true. know what's so wild? I, I, is... that, that, go that, on. That is just the, 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 to to conclude. I'm saying that the part of the argument about Delver and bannings around Delver of Delver was better for legacy when it was in three colors because it was more susceptible to whatever, whatever, whatever. Right. I think that part of the that part of the discussion for Delver, I think, is in the past now because sure. there are enough premier threats and card advantage in just blue red that they don't actually have to dip into a third. They don't have to dip into a third color by necessity. They get to do right. it by luxury. Right. And that's very different from five years ago. Right. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. It's wild to think that what, like five months ago, we were like all on the like, just get rid of days. Just do it. Just it's time. I'm still, just I'm still there days. before the, I'm still beyond that. Because one thing that we don't have in any data set is we don't get to see win percentage 
on the play versus on the draw. Yeah. Right. And, yeah. and the, the, like, that's I'm much on, harder to get. <laughs> it's way harder to get. It's, it's, it, yeah. it feels impossible to actually get. Yeah. But well, it, you, you could, but like, here, I here, mean, here's the thing. Okay. So, so to put in clarification, because I'm not sure how many people actually know a, how we collect data too. Uh, and a lot of that is because on the ground reporting, it is, it is, there's a lot of on the ground reporting. <laughs> People will, will people will report what they played and who they played against and stuff like that. Uh, <laughs> but a big chunk of that is done by replay watching. And mm-hmm. so what happens is, is if you're in an event on Magic Online, uh, once the event is completely over, and this is where it gets really tedious. Oh my god! The event has to be. You guys are saints. Over this is ridiculous. Completely means yeah. top eight has to be finished and everything. Oh you have to god. not close the window. The entire time, the window has to stay open the entire time, and then once the event's done, you can watch replays from any of the events in the deck in, in the uh, in the any of the the games in the event. That's but absurd, that Joe. Window, that's absurd, do, Joe. Do, 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 that, that's what you guys do. That's what we do. Yeah, that's I, we should I, that, like the whole podcast should just close on that. That well, is I, insane. I, I actually have a I have a question. Have Have you guys oh ever? God. Because because the amount of work that you have to put in to get this kind of data set, with especially as with the tedious work that you just pointed out, have you ever considered? And I don't know how how reliable it would be if that's if that's a lot of the work is just watching replays, figuring out what the deck lists are, and then who and then maybe adding play draw and watching through all that. Have you ever thought about big community uh, spreadsheet to crowdsource that to be like, hey, I'm going to take. One person can just hop in and be like, "I'll take these games and just like see if anybody else is willing to like volunteer to sure, help." Sure, but guys who out. can you trust? That's the the thing about that is, who is I I have I have a core group of people who, who collect week to week, uh, who are playing in the events, and that's the thing is, is like it's so tedious enough to gather what replays are left of an event. Where, typically, I I will then I will then say if if the case is like to reliable data collection, then I wanna uh, I would rather end on. Do you have like a Patreon or anything? We do. Yeah, right? Where people then so like everybody on listen. Don't go donate support to us this week. Support, support Joe. Joe. Yeah, Jeez. Yeah, it's uh, Patreon.com slash Legacy Data Collection. There you go. Go. Joe. Yeah, we'll yeah. Fucking link you. Yeah. Link, yeah. link below. Yeah. Where it, our where our Patreon normally is. It's honestly, be- honestly, I would care more about having more people to who are playing in the events to actually help collect data, to be honest with you. And, and I say that because the more people that help, the faster things go in the long run. And what also happens is Moto is not super great technically with this kind of stuff. You don't uh, so uh, yeah. So one of the, one of the big things that happens is as you're watching replays, it's caching a lot of that information into memory, into Ram uh, while you're doing that. So if you don't have a real beefy computer, you're not going to probably watch a ton of replays yeah. because it's going to cache all that in the RAM. I've had, so I, I don't often get to play in these, these events myself. I usually just am like in the background doing the management aspect of it. And I manage all the location of the files and all the sheets and what, and once it's all done, I manage the charts and I take the screenshots and I post it all to Twitter and I do all that stuff generally. So I'm not generally getting to play in these events because usually my weekends are kind of busy. Uh, I have a and seven, you got I, kids. I have a seven year old. And yeah. Yeah, my weekends are usually busy. I was out of town this past weekend, so like you know, just you know, well. In, in that regard, we can at least say if you're willing to do that sort of thing, please and, join our. And Discord. you have, yeah, yeah, we've got a yeah. Discord for for the show. You can J- Joe is uh, Volrath XP. XP, yeah, uh, and and you can just reach out to him there. 
also know, the the discord link for the the, the um the, pay, the the legacy project is in all of the sheets we publish perfect uh so yeah definitely join the discord if you think you can help honestly that's like the biggest thing because if moto decides to crash on somebody and they're like the only person collecting replays then we have to go sleuthing and yeah, i hate rough. i hate sleuthing and i hate having to do that but and, and generally we do get the job done uh i have two people at on least four thousand times this uh, year yeah we've had to do it a couple times <laughs> uh, i have two people on my team uh one of the which is uh ron copal uh who is uh nicola guidi uh and um carl uh who also is uh the guy who handles all of our um ocr stuff for the the project and they're both really good at sleuthing this kind of stuff. So the other thing that we started doing, and this is a little bit more in depth, is uh, if you've ever looked at any of our newer sheets, uh, we get all the round data too. We get the round by round data too. So that lets us get information such as head to head data. So uh, this gets updated on a periodic basis uh, where we can tell you, okay, um, see here, look on the, the sheet. So I can tell you, um, Acast, you know, currently has a Acast currently has a forty four point three seven percent win rate against Blue Red Dolphin. I can tell you that right now, uh, but I don't know how when this was updated, which is um, extremely important info. Right? Yeah, I have to remember. I have to see where he when he updated this because um, he's been keeping it up to date. Last updated on six six, so that's current. Uh, so yeah, so currently Blue uh, Acast is not doing very well against uh, Blue Red Dolphin. They figured out play right. seven red elemental blast. Right, right, right. So, <laughs> um, so it's stuff like that. But we wouldn't have that information if we weren't collecting. If we were just collecting strictly win loss information, you don't get that information. So what we have to do is we also collect the round by round data, which basically says round one. This person played against this person and they won. This person played against this person and they lost. Yeah. They played, and that is a lot of data. And yeah. I'm real thankful for the fact that the way we have that figured out is one of our uh, folks on the project, Carl, they have a, a they take, we take screenshots of all that. Uh, and oh, he takes wow. those screenshots and he OCRs them and turns that into usable data and, and fills all that information in. Uh, and so That's yeah, so we, have a, we, have, we have a process and we have work. Yes. I helped with Eternal Weekend last year uh, with one of the Eternal Weekend events and it, it took us a good couple hours to finish to finish one of those events. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, it's tedious work at the end of the day. It's like it's once you get used to it. I mean, once you yeah. get used to it's watching, like anything that's yeah. how that's how it right. is with the video right. editing and stuff right. yeah there's also that's also a reason sometimes people ask us questions about things like data classifications and stuff like that we have a list of all the data classifications what they are what each deck falls under all that sort of stuff some people you know ask hey okay why are x deck and this deck like why are why are why do you not and separate delverless blue red delver you know with from blue red delver and it's like okay you watch a replay and you tell me if this deck has delver in it or not yeah yeah yeah. It's really hard to do that. It's hard. Off of a they replay. didn't draw it in right. the first round. Who knows? Right. You know? <laughs> exactly. So you may watch a game yeah. where you never see it and you can maybe conclude, well, okay, well, that's Delverless, but you don't really know. Yeah, of course. There was, a, there was a reason why when we first started this project, we started to get a little too granular with the snow decks and at the time and the snow decks all played like the same like 40 cards moto's 20th year anniversary yes is this can, we segue right? to, can we talk about that for a second yeah happy birthday because because yeah i, I just want to say like there it, it, what you just brought up is i i feel like that's data that 
Now, I'm not a programmer, so you know, call me if I'm wrong here. But it seems like the kind of data for challenges, at least, for deck lists to get that kind of information of like which, which decks are delverless and which ones aren't, every deck that's entered into a challenge, shouldn't Moto have the capacity to like list all of the players in the deck list that they played and then be able to look at the deck list and see if that's true or not? Right, yeah. That, 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 like, I'm, I'm assuming that, that is, the, the capacity for that is there. And right. that's also something like I'm thinking of all of the th- all of the ways that we can communicate to Watsi ways that would improve our experience with legacy. And I feel like that that would be one of them, which goes along with the transparency thing. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so seg- segue into that, because uh, yeah. um, Zach mentioned uh, loving eight cast and uh, recommending play- people playing eight cast. Uh, if you pay twenty five dollars on Magic Online, right, you can go play eight cast. Uh, at yeah, that's right. The, the key. Literally, right? uh, yeah. literally any other deck in the format, because there's an all access token and it lasts until June 29th this time. That's a good, that's that's, that's a, like almost a full month. Well, right. I mean, what, we're in the it's, eighth. It's, it's 20 three days. weeks. Three yeah. weeks. Yeah. 21 so, days. Exactly. You're right. Yes. Three so, weeks. so yeah. So yeah, definitely. Um, if you think about playing legacy or, you know, any other format on there, definitely get in on that. Cause it's uh well worth it. And uh, of course that also brings me to the topic of what the hell moto, <laughs> why are there so many cards from commander legends not programmed on this client? Oh my God. Is there I a mean, reason why they don't put them on there? Uh, so there, there is a, there is a reason for this. Uh, so what I, what I read was that, um, because of the transition period for them transitioning from the magic online team to daybreak games taking over magic online, there was a bit of a resource crunch. They weren't able to finish the set on magic online in time. So Uh, I, I, that that makes, but they did that with some previous sets too, right? There, so there are, there are quite a few commander cards that are missing on, uh, like we'll never, we still can't play with currency converter. Oh right? no! Actually, they just added that one. There you go. They Zach, just you're in it now. added yes. that one. All Converting the land, your currency to currency converters. All today. the lands players are so thrilled. <laughs> For uh, sure. I, I um, <laughs> nice. I got. I got tagged by Ali uh, uh, Albert Lindblom on uh, Twitter uh, about it. And I was like, uh, well, I can add that card to a deck and it's not red anymore. And yeah. he was just like, he was like, oh my God, I'm so happy. Like that's yeah, he's so like, weekend uh, now. Yeah. Right, I, right. I need to make so. like a JG Wentworth style commercial for the, for the uh, cast that's like, convert your currency to currency converters now. Are you <laughs> on currency? That could be currency converters. We'll that's your next cash short, Zach, that, right now. That's your next short, Zach. There you go. The the Joke. big the big one is um I, I I keep hearing is maddening hex is also like a really good card in oh, uh, legacy yeah. that seems pretty good and I and it's not on Magic Online either. That's like like uh, kind of a sulfuric vortex with like D six or something. Yeah, like? yeah. They cast a non creature spell. You roll a D six and they take damage equal to that, Whew. and that's like super absurd. Like oh I've God, I've heard yeah. people that like they've taken like fifteen to twenty to twelve point twelve to fifteen points of damage just trying to get rid of the thing. Yeah, like just trying yeah, to it, dig. It, it, yeah. D, that 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 feels more like um what's that green red legend uh that every time you cast a non-creature spell it domes you for six uh yeah rurikthar yeah rurikthar. Rurikthar. that's a very rurikthar. So a great yeah. a great random target but Joe, yeah, so- <laughs> quick quick question with 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 the transition to daybreak games and the improvements that we assume daybreak games is going to bring to moto what are in for you and your team's processes for collecting data what would be the top things that you would want to see daybreak add to moto to make your life collecting data better Oh God, I don't think they would ever do that. Assuming that Daybreak Games is just going to give us all the toys we want. Uh, Some sort of like spectator mode where you can watch replays outside of the event, Mm -hmm. which used to exist. That used to exist. It's in there. Uh, Yeah, the problem is with that is there was 
external people scraping data from that using uh, applications to do that. And that's why they cut that off. Uh, so, oh, so that that was just a means for them to conceal the data collection. Right, right. Oh, right. that's so dirty. And, and there's a reason why there's a reason why every so often somebody come, approaches us with the, well, we could make your guys' life so much easier if we programmed a tool. And I'm like, no, 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 I won't yeah. have any discussion of that. Like I always shut that down real quick. Because then you'll like, yeah, because then you'll lose the yeah, the, then we uh, lose process. it for good. Yeah, we lose yeah. it for good. Yeah, and I'm like, I, they they already know what we do. I'm yeah. going to say that right now. Wizards already is aware of what we do. They are already aware of what the Finnish team does. Yeah, uh, because uh, they know from so not last year, but the year before when they did the Eternal Weekend online, they had those coverage things that they did with a couple of people from the community, like Julian and Anurag and uh, Justin Janari on the legacy on the vintage side, and. Justin said, they know what we do. They know about our data collection project. And he said, and they were okay with it because it's crowdsourced, not automatic, not scraping, not none of that. There's no, nothing that breaks the, the, the magic TOS, online TOS. Yeah. It's crowdsourced. Yeah. And that's the only reason they fly under the rate. We all fly under the radar of this. Oh, that's such horseshit. So. All right. We, yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, we're running long on this one. Uh, Joe, it's it's been a pleasure, man. It's so yeah. good to have you back yeah, on yeah. the cast. Um, yeah, I'm glad yeah to be this here. was this was a blast and, and incredibly enlightening. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> this was wild. Uh, I, I had no idea you guys did all this stuff manually. Yeah, it's, it's um, pretty 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 too pretty wild. tedious. But so again, please go support Joe's uh, the the legacy data collection Get in Patreon. There, please go join their Discord, and if you have free time to ever help out or join or you know help them out in any way that's possible, that they need, hop in. Yeah, yeah absolutely. absolutely. Legacy is more and more becoming community driven. This is the kind of, this is, these guys are at the forefront. So yeah, let's yeah. What, can, what can you, the viewer do for us? You can like, and subscribe. That would, <laughs> that would be nice. That would be nice. I, We'd like really appreciate and subscribe, that. Yes. But uh, that's it for the, for us this week. Uh, everyone have a good week. Be safe later on. Hey, yo, what up? It's Wilson Phillip on the track. You know, sometimes when people be casting spells, you just got to tell them like it is. Tapping all your mana cause you're casting a spell Double checking on your covers making sure they look swell But then your senses sniff some dangerous familiar smell I tap my pair of islands and then I flash my counter spell I said eight cast affinity more like a force of wills I got the blue cost to pitch and the instinct to kill Try to melt out my board while I'm clearing my throat And I'll counter your spell and simultaneously say no. Nope. Try to flip your Delva trigger stays on the stack. Predicting away your card. I'm a fortune teller who's cracked. Packing all this kind of magic. Yeah, you can call me the goat. Blast on traps on revs back up while I am straight telling you no. Be treating the angels what it do. Force a fill. My force of negation encapsulating all the haters who waiting as I bait them to play around daisies, but they miscalculating. Cause while they straying, I'm staying to prey on a man. I tell them no. I straight up tell them no. Oh, wait one second, no, no, no. Straight up tell him, no, no, no. Cast whatever spell you want, I'll hit it with what? Triple Mystic Sanctuary lays you down in the morgue. No, no, no. Looping cards out of the yard, absorb your soul, ignite some spark. Draw your cards, go for broke. Try to combo, I'll tell you no. 
getting frisky with your mana But in response I'll make a stamina And when you say that I got lucky In response your deck is clunky Sucks to suck but that's what you do Confirm suspicions get a clue Veil of summer that's so cute Swans are singing fuck a tutus Loading up the stack like we was making some nachos Fluster storms are coming Best be grabbing your poncho If you try to come at me and then you acting all macho I'ma slip through space up keep your face And lick my lips and tell you straight No no Straight up tell you no no uh, wait one second, no, no, no. I straight up tell you no, no, no. Straight up tell you no, no, no. Uh, wait one second, no, no, no. I'm just saying, if they be casting up tell you no, no, no. You gotta tell them like it is. No, 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 no. They ain't resolving no spells. Uh, wait one second, no, no. I straight up terminus the shit out of your board. I straight up tell you terminus the shit out your board. Oh, wait one second, no, no, don't be coming at me casting spells. Straight up tell you.